0: From the time you can remember, you were put on a path to seek out success in your life. Personal fulfillment and achievement. Yeah, from the time you can remember. Early on, this is how you walk. This is how you talk. Now we're going to put you in preschool and kindergarten and you got to get a good grade and we're going to get you into first grade and keep on getting good grades. (laughs) And, and, and we're going to put you on the, the soccer team, and this is how you do good, and this is what you do to, when, you don't, when you're not doing so great. And this path that we've been put on has the end goal in our life of us being fulfilled in our lives, of us being complete. So society at large tells us how to be fulfilled. It shows us how to be complete. Or does it? The world scheme tells us this, that if we get an education, we'll be complete. So we go off to school and we get a degree or some type of a specialized training. And then you, uh, you, then you're, you get, come out with this certificate, right? You come out with this piece of paper, and now the goal is to go get a job. And you, if you land the right job, it's just, the key is just getting the right job, the right one. That's going to be the thing that's going to fulfill you, that's going to complete you. Next, if that didn't do it, then why don't you try settling down with a family, Some wife, a wife and a few kids and a couple of minivans and, a, you know, whatever, a dog maybe, not for me, but for other people. <laughs> <clears throat> From there, it's a deluge of material things that I just mentioned, houses, cars, gadgets. We live in the, we live in the, the technological age. We live in this age of, of technology and, and, and many seek after that latest gadget that's going to, you know, fill the void in your life. What's interesting is that when you see these car commercials today, and it's, they've been this way for a long, long time, these car commercials, especially the SUV commercials. You see these SUV commercials, and they, they make it look like that if you get this SUV, that your life is suddenly going to be one gigantic party and adventure. You're gonna be cascading down mountainsides, you know, you are going to, you know, and coming up on cliffs and, and base jumping off of, you know, things, and, do, and I mean, you know, I saw one years ago, and I think it was for the, the Nissan, and the guy, like, base jumped off the side of a cliff, and he came down, and there was his SUV waiting for him, and he got in and drove away, you know? And, uh, and so this is the whole thing, if you, if you get this car, you will be, it will be incredible. I'd like to see, uh, you know, the the adventure go one step further. And he gets home from base jumping with his SUV to go to his mailbox to see the the, uh, payment coupon book that has now showed up (laughs) (laughs) for that SUV. And uh, the reality then sets in, right? And then he looks over and then there's a, Neighborhood kid scraping his bike on the side of the door. Uh, where's the party now? <laughs> you might ask. Anyway, you wrestle with all these things and seeking after all these things for a few years, and you find yourself in your 30s, your 40s, and then in your 50s, some in 60s, 70s, and you you begin to get, the older you get, the more philosophical you get. You start thinking about things and you think oh is this really it is this really you know where 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 is this all headed where are we going with all this and and you realize that there must be some other knowledge wisdom or phil- philosophical idea out there that you're missing some other piece to the puzzle of your life so some people then begin to attach themselves to to that quest and it becomes a quest for knowledge and and structure and, uh, you know, all that type of stuff. So then you read, you know, you read Covey's Seven Habits and you read one of the 12-step type books and you get all kinds of life strategies, maybe a life coach. And these people are, read, are living uh, what I call the modernist dream of realism and logic. And then there's another group that emerged out of that group. And it's the group that questions truth and knowledge and everything. And they have basically said, can we know anything? You know, is there anything that actually can be known? And it's this uh, epistemological quest for or battle against actually knowing anything. Like, we can't know. Stop acting like you know because you don't know. And they take this, what we would call an agnostic position, an I don't know position. And they are living the postmodern dream of their experience, their questions, and their doubts. And so everyone assures himself or herself with one of these philosophies, one of these ways of doing life, one of these ways of kind of making sense of it all. The Bible provides a different answer to the question of what is going on going to make your life complete. God's word points us in a different and distinct direction. Proverbs 3.13 says this, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Colossian church, is writing on the theme of the supremacy of Christ, that Jesus Christ is the supreme above all, above every single thing that can be named. Jesus Christ is God. He's the creator. And he's the one who literally holds the universe together. These are some of the things that we've already learned just in the first chapter. And he's writing to a church, as we have stated that is being influenced by an early Gnosticism. It's not the full-blown Gnosticism that would appear later on the scene, but it's the early roots of kind of a Gnostic religion, Gnostic philosophy, and it's also kind of just, you know, peppered in and spiced in with some worldly wisdom and philosophy as well. Today, in contrast, the church of Jesus Christ across the earth is being influenced, I believe, by a late agnosticism. Not an early Gnosticism, but a late agnosticism. And it's this idea of pushing back on absolute truth and the ability to really know anything uh, that's, that's absolute. And then it's peppered in with worldly wisdom and philosophy. And so the question then becomes... What is it are you going to uh, latch on to? What is it that it's, that it's going to ultimately give you that fulfillment and make you complete in your life? The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church of Colossae with great agony in his heart. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But he, he had this, ag- he agonized over them because of his heart for them. In our, in our text, in Colossians we're gonna see that Paul writes them to assure them that all wisdom and knowledge are in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ, that's what's gonna make them fulfilled, that's what's going to ultimately complete them, not all these other things. And so he's literally agonizing over them, wanting them to come to this understanding and it literally setting them free uh, from the entanglements of these of Of the allure of these types of ideas, these types of philosophies, so he wants to encourage them to walk in christ and, and there's a simplicity to it. Um, you see uh, I believe that that the Lord wants to simplify things for us, and we want to complicate things right and so Tonight, we're going to get a little bit of a dose of that. So how many could use a little simplification? Amen? Raise your hand. Yeah. Could use a little bit of a simplification. So let's look at this. If you're taking notes tonight, wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. Let's take a look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. It says this. For I want you to know what great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you're going to come to this place, if you're going to come to that realization that Jesus Christ is what is actually going to fulfill you, that Jesus Christ is what's going to complete you, then you have to realize also and understand that all wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. This is kind of the first place to start. We're gonna get to, at the end of this, we're gonna get to, Christian, you're complete in Christ. If you're in Christ, you are complete. But the pathway to get there, the, 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 the way to get there, the key to get there is understanding that all wisdom and understanding are in Christ. And so you can, you can search the whole wide world and, and read of philosophies. And I don't have a problem with reading philosophies. Read, read, read up, study up, go for it. But you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna go through the library of Congress. <laughs> and you're gonna come to the end of it And you're going to realize that all wisdom and all understanding are in Christ. The Apostle Paul here continues in his letter to the church at Colossae, and he's been writing them of all the things that have happened in their lives since they first believed in Christ, since they first received the gospel. And he has taught them and us who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? According to Paul in Colossians, he's the image of the Father. He is God. He's the creator of everything, whether mat- material or immaterial. He holds the universe together, and it exists for him. This is pretty much to say that Christ is supreme. This is the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And so when he gets to this first, this second chapter, and he says all wisdom and understanding are in him, well, of course it is. Right, I mean, once we've already get, we've already the groundwork has been laid, the understanding of who Christ is has been laid there in chapter one. Now he's saying, "Look, you know, you're going to have all this stuff coming at you, all these teachers, all these people are going to be yapping and saying this and writing this, and we're 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 inundated today. I mean, we've got we've got blogs and podcasts and video podcasts and." You know, you, I mean, you can set up, you can have your own TV channel right now. You can just set up in your room and there's people that sit there and eat Fruit Loops and stuff and make a million dollars, you know, on YouTube or whatever. Just, you know, people that, you know, you know what I'm talking about? You, you don't, yeah, there's people making big money doing stupid stuff, just broadcasting it on YouTube. It's all coming at you. Oh, and Paul, Paul knew that it was coming at the Colossians and he's just agonizing over them and he's just trying to lay this groundwork and wanting them to understand that that all wisdom and, and, and uh, understanding is, is hidden in Christ, is in Christ. And so Paul goes on to share how he is conflicted for them and for the Laodicean church. You know, we haven't got into this a lot, um, but there's kind of an idea with Colossians that you had, you had Colossae and you had Laodicea, and they're kind of like, uh, they're almost like sister churches. They're, they're, they weren't that far apart geographically, and at the end of this letter, you'll actually see where Paul says, make sure that uh, you, know, you read this letter and make sure you give it to the, the, the church of Laodicea too, because they need to read this too. And, um, and then he references a letter to the Laodiceans as well uh, which which evidently we don't have, so so God didn't preserve that one for us. I believe that I believe that we have um, when you study the scriptures and understand how we have what we have there's there you, you kind of have this moment where you kind of go, "Wow, God preserved exactly what He wanted us to have and um and so So, we don't have the Laodicean letter, but we have this letter to the Colossians by Paul. But we do have a letter to Laodicea in the book of Revelation by Jesus, actually, wrote a letter uh, to the Laodicean church. And we do have that. And it's interesting, I I just, this is a sidebar. It's interesting uh, when you look at the way, you know, Jesus has a way of introducing himself in each of those letters in Revelation, and each introduction, each way he introduces himself in the letter is distinct to that church in that letter. And it's interesting uh, how he introduces himself to the Laodiceans in Revelation chapter three, and it has to do with him being the the, the prototokos of creation. It It has to do with him being the supreme one over the creation. And I think that was the message, somehow, some way, the wisdom of God and the Holy Spirit knew that what the, the Laodiceans needed to hear and what the Colossians needed to hear was that, that I'm supreme over the yes. over the creation. I'm supreme over the creation. Amen. And um, there's another way of interpreting the letters in Revelation, um, and some have suggested a, a prophetic interpretation uh, so that... Each letter of, the, of the, the, the seven churches in chapters 2 and 3 um, denote a, a, a kind of a particular uh, time period of church history. So you have the church of Ephesus, which is the apostolic age, and then you have the, uh, the letter to the church at Smyrna, which is the, the persecuted church age, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and all the way out to the, the last letter is the church of Laodicea, which is actually believed to be the end times church. And what is it that the end times church actually also need needs to hear as well? That Jesus is supreme over the creation, because this is the era in the last 150 years where we've been introduced um, to all kinds of modern scientific philosophies and theories about how life came to be. Well, no, we don't have a theory about how life came to be. That's the 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 hole I like to poke in um in the the, the Darwinist theory is that you know we've got uh, life complex life evolving from simple life. Well, we found out that there's no such thing as simple life. Even the smallest of cells is very complex. But there's still no explanation as to how inanimate uh, inanimate matter became life, actually came to life. And so there's still not a, oh, we got it figured out, we got it figured out. There is still no explanation as to how inanimate matter became living. Okay, so the science still does not have that. So what does what does Jesus say to the end times church? I'm the Lord over the creation. I'm the Lord over the creation. And that's the message. So, so this letter to the Colossians, and, and he's conflicted. Paul's conflicted uh for the Colossians and the Laodiceans. The word conflict there in in verse one of our text is the Greek word that means Uh, It means the place of a contest, like an arena or stadium. It's the assembly of the Greeks at their national games. Hence, the contest for a prize at their games. Generally, any struggle or contest, it is the word agony, and it's actually where we get our English word for agony. And it's this idea of striving for a prize. It's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm agonized. I'm striving for this, for, for a purpose, for a reason. I'm in agony for you, uh, Colossae, because I want you to, to have the understanding. I want you to know that all wisdom and understanding is in Christ and not out there somewhere. So Paul had great conflict in his heart for them. He was literally agonizing. Why? He wants so desperately for them to be encouraged. He says, I want you to be encouraged, knit together in love, and attain the riches of understanding and knowledge of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Paul is in great inward inward conflict for these people and really all people. how do you say that? Because we're still reading this letter today, <laughs> you know? Right. And so that, that message of agony, I think would, would just transfer even t- to tonight, right. that there would be an agony for us to, 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 not be so pulled by winds of doctrines and philosophies and, 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 vain things and worldly wisdom, but, but to grab hold of what we have in Christ and, Because it's all in Christ, amen? Mm -hmm. There is an assurance that is available to every person. And it is an assurance of being in Christ and being 100% complete in him. But you can only be encouraged and assured in this if you are united to God in love. That's how it has to happen. It's the, the relationship that we have with God is something that happened because of love. For God so loved the world that He sent His one-of-a-kind Son into the world, and that if anybody believes in Him, you'll not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. You'll have eternal life. And so, the, the love of God sent the Son into the world, and and then we we realize that we're loved. And then, what's the response to this overwhelming, incredible, uh, never-ending, amazing? all these superlatives, right? That type of love, what's the response? Well, it's, it's for us to love him back, amen? Yeah. And so, you know, when you really get down to it, this is, the, this is the command. God loves us, but the command is for us to love God. And sometimes we we get into all this stuff and we want to overcomplicate things and we want to overcomplicate our relationship with Christ. And, and, um, and, and, you know, the Jews did this. You know, you had the Ten Commandments, you had the, you know, and then they've counted up all the laws in the Old Testament, and there were 613 laws in the Old Testament. And then what the, what the Jewish, uh, you know, the, the rabbis and stuff down through the years, what they did was they created laws, they, they, they kind of wrote things that would help you obey the laws. And so then those became things that you had to keep too. And so it began, it it just became, it just was this whole burden of a thing. And it's simply, wait, God loved me and he wants me to love him. And then he says, the second commandment, the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said it this way, on these two commands hang all the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. If you look at the 10 commandments, the first four are about loving God and prioritizing God in your life. And the last six are about loving other people. And so really, you can, there's a, you can break it down all these different ways, but it, it, it all comes back to a simplification process. And if you're going to realize that you're complete in him. You're going to come to the realization of the understanding, the riches of, of the wisdom of Christ by, by receiving the love of God, being knit together in his love, and just by loving him back with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen? and 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 so his it's his love for us and and then our response is 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 love for him he loved us with a perfect love and our response is to love him paul wants this encouragement this uniting in the love of christ in love with christ to bring them to having a full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of god now this this sounds like one of those Traps of always having to quest for something more. If I unite together with Jesus, then one day I'll have all this understanding and knowledge. One day I will have all this wisdom. Well, well there is a truth to that because, you know, uh, I guess it was the, John the Apostle in his epistle said that when we see him, we're going to be like him, right? So there, there is a moment of glorification. That's where we're headed. We talked about that last week, right? What is the mystery of life? Christ in you, the hope of glory. So yes, we are looking for, forward to, to that moment and that's the hope that we have in this life, that, 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 that there is a hope of the glory of God, of, of, of us once again experiencing the glory of God and having the kabod, the, the weightiness of God that Adam and Eve had in the garden that was lost and, and, we, and we once again attain that and that comes at the glorification uh, when we see Christ, amen? Yeah, Up until then, yes, we, we, are, we are kind of learning things and we are kind of uh, going through this process. But you can have all knowledge and wisdom right now being reconciled to Christ, to being reconciled to Christ by having Christ, by trusting in him, by, by trusting in Christ for your life um here's what i mean you may not know all the little jots and tittles of every little thing of the wisdom of god and the the understanding you know every little thing but if you have christ you have the spirit of god living within you he's there to to complete you he's there he's gonna guide you he's he's gonna the, the the role of the spirit is to guide us into all truth so he is going to direct the path he's going to guide you into truth and so if you have Christ, if you've been united to Christ, if you've been knit together with Christ in love, you do possess it. Now, that doesn't mean that you just, you know, well, I got it all. You know, that, we're still a part of a process of learning and being edified and built up and, 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 and being built up in the word of God. And that's an, that's an important process. And Paul talks about that in uh, Ephesians 5. He talks, he, he you know, the, the message of being built up, or I'm sorry, chapter four, <laughs> chapter four, where he talks about the gifts to the, to the church and us being built up, edified, and being brought up into the perfection of the head of Christ, right? And so that's all important, but also we can attain to everything that we need It's at our, we have access to it, right? Um, and we just need to realize that. And, we, and sometimes we don't realize that. That's the, that's the thing. You have Christ, and you might go. Well, I've got this thing over here. I got to figure out what should I do. Well, you know, seek the Lord on that. <laughs> you know, go to the Word, go to prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct. Ask Him to give you wisdom, as James says. If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask, and the Lord will give liberally. Right? Sometimes we don't do that, and we go we got a, we got all we got this other process. You know, nothing wrong with seven steps, and for you know. Covey had a lot of things right. Amen? Win-win. All that stuff, good. I went to Covey's uh, focus seminar. I still utilize that stuff on a daily basis. Time management type stuff. That illustration that I used that night with the, with the M&Ms and the you know softballs and all that, that that's, I, I learned that there. But we have access to everything we have need of in Christ because we've been knitted together in love in Christ the story is told of uh William Randolph Hearst the, w- the wealthy publisher he was looking through a book of famous artwork when a painting caught his eye and he said to himself I want this painting for my collection and so he he called his 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 aids to him and he says I I want this painting go get it go find it for me and uh After uh, making some inquiries, they reported that they were unable to locate that piece of art. He told them, look, if you guys value your jobs, you get back out there and you find it because I want that piece of art for my collection. I want this really bad. Do whatever it takes to find that treasure and secure it for me immediately. Three and a half months later, the aides returned uh, to Hearst And he asked, did you find find the piece of art that I I sent you to find? He said, yes, they replied. After much searching and painstaking research, we found it. Did you purchase it? He asked, no. Why not? I I, I, I told you I wanted you to purchase this. He said, we could not purchase it because we found it in your warehouse. (laughs) He already had it. He already had it. And we have, if we've been knitted together in Christ, we have the, the riches of Christ available to us. Amen? And we need to be reminded of that. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, this familiar passage, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge, right? In the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, then receiving and believing on Christ and walking in him is the rest. If having a reverence and an awe of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, the rest of it is being knit together in him and his love and just continuing to walk in that relationship with him. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to realize. There's another story, and these these are great stories, so I'll, I'll tell another one. The story is told that in the days of the Roman Empire, a certain wealthy senator became estranged from his son. And when he died unexpectedly, his will was opened. Because my son does not appreciate what I've done, I leave all my worldly possessions to my loyal slave, Marcellus. The will read. However, because I am a man of grace... I bequeath to my son one of my possessions of his choosing. Sorry, said the testator to the son. You can only take one of your dad's possessions. Which will it be? I take Marsalis. <laughs> right? Said the son. Brilliant. That's the idea. When you take Christ, when you're knitted together with Christ, yes. you have everything that Christ has for you. Amen. You get all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And when you open up your heart to him, you find everything you need. Be steadfast. This is, a, this is so important because where this is going to come into play, where, this is gonna, where the rubber is going to meet the road on this, is when you're out there, something's happening. You're in your house. You get a call. You get an email. Something at work. You have to get in the car. You're thinking, oh goodness, what are we going to do? Christian, you've been knitted together in the love of Christ. And you have access to all the riches of the understanding and wisdom and knowledge of Christ. Amen? So just walk in that and allow Him just to walk you right through whatever it is that's happening. Because you got it, and you're complete in Him. That's amen, right. That's right. amen. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, let's uh, let's move on to the, the, the next point, and so we can wrap this up tonight. So, then the next key is then just walking in Christ. Let's pick it back up in chapter two, verse four. He says, "This now, this I say, te- lest anyone should deceive you with pers- persuasive words." according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Amen. So just walk in Jesus. Now, you accept Christ, you're knitted together in Christ, in the love of Christ. And now that you have accepted Christ, what, do you, what, what next? What do you do now? What, how do you proceed? Now that you have him, walk in him. Still dusty up here. You guys okay? It's dusty up here. I think it's all this, the mud on the walls or something. <clears throat> Not literal mud. It's the, the, the mud of... Doing that, yeah. You say, well, just walk in Jesus, walk in Christ. Well, that that, that that's, that's just that sounds too simple. I mean, we need we need a list of stuff, and we need we need some we need some lists and steps, and just walk in Him. It's simple, but it's exactly it. And because it's so simple. There will be those who will come to deceive you and persuade you that there's something more that you aren't really there yet. Christian, you're not complete in him. You, you're you're going to get there. And Here's how you'll get there. If you'll do this, and there are all kinds of stuff out there now. There are those that, like, there's, there's a movement. It's, it's actually the Hebrew Roots movement. Anybody familiar with the Hebrew roots movement, it's a movement to basically be Christian and go back to the literally keeping the law like everything, which is really impossible. And Peter said that to the, you know, at the council in Acts chapter 15. He's like, look, this was a big, huge burden. We couldn't even do it. Why are you going to put it on the Gentiles? Why are you going to do this? And there will be the others. It's just not it's not just the Hebrew roots movement. It's, it's 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 others. It's 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 those that will come around and and they will deceive you. They will persuade you. They will be persuasive. They will have I mean it'll, it'll be a whole presentation. It'll be a YouTube presentation. It'll have graphics and charts and things and timelines and all kinds of stuff and maybe even like you know foreign languages and greek words and histories and things and archaeology and all kinds of stuff right and it's going to be this presentation to to persuade you well you well, christian you really need to d- be doing this over here you don't really have everything you need there will be those who will come with what paul calls persuasive words and persuasive arguments <laughs> It will sound like a well-put-together argument. It's, it, it, it sounds like it, it, it may even sound, well, that kind of makes sense. That seems like that makes sense. At first, a non-truth or a lie or a deception doesn't sound like a lie. It sounds like it could be true because there's, 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 a, there's something in it that, so, that sounds, it's close you know it's 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 halfway there it's got an element of truth it's got a trace of something that's there and and but we need to be careful and that's why these things deceive people if every liar deception were were just laughable on its face you know there wouldn't be any warnings in the scriptures about about you know guarding your heart and and you know warning against deceit and things like that one of the things that jesus said About the end times, the the disciples wanted to know when when will the end come? When is the sign of your coming? And oh, okay. We're ready. You know, we're taking notes. The first words out of Jesus' mouth were: make sure no one deceives you." you. You read it in Matthew 24. The first words out of his mouth. That were the answer to that question of the disciples was make sure no one deceives you. So Jesus knows, Paul knew, that there will be things, there will be people that will deceive. The enemy appears as an angel of light. But in the end, he's really a, the angel of darkness. Paul goes on to commend those in Colossae for the, steadfast, the steadfastness of their faith steadfastness is what is needed in your life steadfastness means that which has been made firm it's kind of like that which has made been made hard right like the firmament the arch of the sky which in early times was thought to actually literally be solid a fortified place that which furnishes a foundation on which a thing rests firmly in support a firmness a steadfastness in a military sense, a solid front. So you get the idea, right? That Paul's commanding them on the steadfastness of their faith. Where do you have a steadfastness of your faith? That you have a foundation. That you have a foundation. And, and this is one of the things I've, I've taught when it comes to this type of stuff. You know, when, when the Lord has shown you something in the word and he said, you know, hey, this is, this, is, this is a commitment that you need to have, you know, prayer, being a part of the fellowship of believers, things like this, these basic foundational things, you, you gotta, you, that, that's got to be the part of the steadfastness of what you do. You know, part of what, the, the, you know, in Acts chapter 2, in that snapshot of the early church, it says they, they continued steadfastly, right? They continued firmly in a, a set of things, in the apostles' doctrine and prayer and fellowship and the breaking of bread, and these things what it was steadfast there was a, there was a firmness, there was a foundation and, and, and make those things just an absolute commitment and, and, what, and what I've found and I tell people, look if, if it's not, there'll always be a reason there will always be a way to, 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 to worm out of things and, and, and to go and get distracted and do other things it, it, it's kind of like the, the, it's kind of like the idea of guarding against sexual. Uh, temptation you know when we just talked about Joseph right we just talked about how you know Potiphar's wife threw him threw herself at, 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 at Joseph and uh, part of getting through that and make and being guarded is having decided in advance of your commitment your firmness your steadfastness in in honoring the Lord and so when you find yourself in that place it's not a question how could I do, what did he say? How could I do something like that, right? And, um, and so we need a steadfastness. And Paul, confer, he, 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 uh, he commends them for their steadfastness in their faith. So what should we do to avoid deception? How should we live to keep that steadfastness of faith? Walk in Christ Jesus. Paul says, this, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now wait, before we rush over that, let's think about that for a second. As you received Christ Jesus, walk in him. So the question is, how did you receive him? As you, re- as you received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. Oh, okay, okay. So how did you receive him? Well, the way that we receive Christ into our life is by surrendering our lives to Him and simply believing in Him. Our relationship with Christ started by simply believing Him and receiving, believing and receiving, receiving and believing, and surrendering our life to Christ. Paul says then, so just how you received Him, keep doing that. (laughs) Keep believing, keep receiving. Keep in that place of surrender in your life. As you receive Christ, walk in Christ. Amen? In other words, the process doesn't become a new thing. It's the the same process that, 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 that the Lord wants us to walk in. If you keep walking in him, you will become rooted and built up in him. Look at this. This is what Paul says. He says, as you therefore, verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So as you keep walking with him, you will become rooted and built up in him. As you keep walking in him, you will continue to be taught by him and through his word. Mm -hmm. Rooted. You're, if, as you as you continue to walk, so so what's he saying? As you received him, keep doing that. How'd you receive him? You you believed, you received, you surrendered. As you keep doing that, you're going to be rooted in the Lord. You're you're gonna you're you're gonna have roots. The the Psalm, one of my favorite Psalms, is Psalm one. What is God's vision for your life? That you would be like the the grass of the field? No. The grass comes up in the morning and gets cut down in the afternoon. That's not God's vision for you. God's vision for you is that you would be a tree planted by the streams, and that that that, that you would that you would be a, a a a tree that would be rooted, and that you would flourish, and. And these things would happen. And so what happens is as you continue to walk in Christ as you received him, you become rooted in the Lord. Rooted means to strengthen the roots, to strengthen with roots, to render firm, to fix, to establish, to cause a person or thing to be thoroughly grounded. The roots of a tree are strong. Have Have you ever tried to um, have, have, has anyone here ever had the job of having to have a, a tree removed from your property? Anybody here, raise your hand. Seriously, raise your hand if you have done that. Okay. Reason why I asked you to ask you to show of hands on that is because this is no joke. <laughs> if you have had a tree that has been on a piece of property for a long time, you don't just go, "Oh, I'm going to come down, and cut, cut this thing down, we're going we'll to be out of here." What's for lunch? You know, is lunch ready? No, no, no you ain't having lunch <laughs> you were not having lunch i had this tree cut out of my and i had this thing wasn't even there that long this tree and i had i cut i had it cut down all the way down to the to the root right and then we had to dig and dig and dig for for like hours and then i had like i had a friend in the church that had a big a a huge chain and we somehow we got this chain around this root system Mm -hmm. and he had a big truck and 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 literally he pulled on this thing and maybe this wasn't the best way to go about this you know but there I've seen it where people try to take down a tree and they say oh well I'm going to take this tree down the root system is so elaborate they just try to make that a part of the, the the decor of the of the of the landscape yeah yeah, this is where this used to be a tree, you know it's a stump now we ha- we use it as a table <laughs> you know <clears throat> you've seen this on older properties we had we had we had we had a, a person in the church that lived in um college park area of orlando mm-hmm. which is uh, which is one of the older neighborhoods in orlando, and they had one of the, this live oak tree was big. I mean, it was, it was literally as big as around from me to David, probably. And can you imagine trying to take the root system uh, of that tree out of there? Um, anyways, rooted. You're gonna be rooted. Nobody's taking you out. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You're not not being pulled out of this thing. Mm -hmm. You're going to be rooted and grounded in in, in the faith in Christ. And steadfastness in Christ. Mm -hmm. And and Paul wants you to be rooted and grounded so that you're you're not succumbing to the deceptions of vain philosophies and worldly wisdom and things and all this stuff going on. So just keep walking in him, learning of him. And you will abound in him. And giving thanks. So when you're walking in him and you're continuing to learn from him and you just get overwhelmed with who he is and what he's done and what he's doing in your life and what he's teaching you, you just become thankful. And, and this is kind of the mark of the, you know, the Christian life. That, you're, that you continue in how you receive Christ, that you become rooted in him, and then you just become thankful. You just... You just Thank you. And, that, and that's why you, you look at a seasoned saint, a rooted believer, and a th- thanksgiving. A sacrifice, we bring a sacrifice of praise, which is, our, which is the fruit of our lips giving thanks. Yes, yes. Right? Do you bring a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of, the, of your lips giving thanks? Is that the type of stuff that just rolls off of your tongue? Or is it just like, no, it, it, it's not there yet? Well, keep walking in Christ and become rooted in Christ steadfast in Christ, and in thanksgiving. Amen? So the Christian life continues as it commenced. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. And Paul gave the same exhortation to others. Um, a couple other places, and we'll wrap this up. There's a couple other places where Paul warned people of like other philosophies and other teachings that would come in. Paul feared for the Corinthians, In 2 Corinthians 11, verses 1 through 4, we don't have time to turn there because we're we're wrapping this up. But Paul feared for the Corinthians that they could hear a different gospel than the one he preached to them and that they might put up with it. I don't want you to do this. When you hear something that's not the gospel, I don't want you to even put up with it. I don't want you to be like angry about it or like, you know, mean about it you can be loving about it but not putting up with it you know and and, and, and paul thinks oh you know so that's why he, that's the first four ch- uh, verses in chapter 11 of second corinthians in second corinthians 10 is where he warns them and and it tells them about us having the weapons the weapons of our warfare and we have mighty weapons that are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, yeah. that we take every thought captive yes. and make it obedient to Christ. Mm-hmm. Anything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. Anything that would exalt itself anywhere right, right. that would come into that would come into your mind, that would come over the airways, that's something that you would read, that's something that, that would blow through in your in your family, in the, some type of a conversation, yes. in anything. If there's anything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ that we have, that we take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, amen? And Paul warned the Galatians of, he says, if me, even if me or an angel would come to preach another gospel to you, he says, let him be accursed, if anybody comes to you and preaches another gospel than the one I'm preaching to you, yeah. let him be accursed. And it's so easy to go, well, oh no, the simplicity of Christ is simplicity. No, we need, to, we need some complicated stuff. No, the simplicity. Walk in him as you, yeah. as you received him. No, 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 no. We want, we want some other stuff. No, no, no. Walk in Christ as you received him. Become rooted yes. in steadfastness in your faith and be thankful and, and, and walk in the, in, the, in the riches of the understanding and the wisdom of Christ. People have been trying to add on to the gospel throughout the centuries. The gospel doesn't need anything else added on to it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. The gospel doesn't need anything. The gospel's complete, and if you'll receive the gospel, you'll be complete. Amen? Write that down and put that out on Twitter tonight. (laughs) The gospel's complete, and if you'll receive the gospel, you'll be complete in Christ Jesus. Amen? And this is where Paul wraps it up. I got to tell one more story and then we'll wrap it up. I dug this one out from a, from a, from a long time ago. Mary Jo came in. This was when Trey, Trey and Jake were little guys. And Mary Jo came into Trey and Jake's room and it was, it was an absolute wreck. Okay? Have you seen this video going around on YouTube? about the training for parents. (laughs) And it's this guy like on one of those uh, treadmills, and they they drop Legos down on the treadmill, (laughs) and you have to walk on it, right? And so they keep on the more and more Legos they drop on this treadmill, and you have to, the more and more Legos you have to watch. It's training for parents, okay? Some of you haven't been parents for a while, and you're like not even laughing at that, it's a funny video, look it up. Go to YouTube, training for parents, Lego, have a good laugh, okay? (laughs) Mary Jo came in, Trey and Jake's room, complete wreck. So she told Trey, okay, that's it. No allowance this week. This room is a wreck. And Trey was right near me when she said this. And I heard him say, that's okay, I'm not really into money right now. LAUGHTER And I said, well, then what are you into? And he said, Jesus. (laughs) Like a good pastor's kid, right? He knew the right answer. Whatever is out there, there will be people that will try to get you in to whatever. They'll try to get you into whatever it is. Say, Look, I'm into Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm in Christ. Mm-hmm. I've received the mm-hmm. full riches of the understanding and the wisdom of Christ. Yes. And I'm continuing to walk in Christ just as I received him. And because of that, Christian, we're complete in him. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're complete in him. If you have Jesus, you're complete in him. Just walk in him and keep walking.